I'm Kim Singletary. And I'm Rich Collins with Biz New Orleans Magazine. Welcome to Biz Talks. Each week, we reach beyond the pages of Biz New Orleans Magazine to bring you in-depth conversations with members of the business community. From the names everyone knows to the ones destined to make their mark, we'll dive into the top issues, best practices, successes, and failures of every industry that calls Southeast Louisiana home. week's episode of Biz Talks. This is Kim Singletary. I'm the managing editor of Biz New Orleans Magazine. And this week we're going to talk about difficult conversations. Um, my guest today, um, back again, she, she's a, a, a very familiar source here at um, Biz Talks and in Biz New Orleans Magazine. Um, this is Amy Bacay. She is um, the head of HR NOLA. And Amy, just tell us a little bit about HR NOLA. Sure. HR NOLA is a human resources consulting firm. We're based out of New Orleans, Louisiana. We just made five years old. Um, we're staffed with some really talented, experienced HR professionals. Um, we like to say we love HR so that you don't have to. Um, and we really mean it. We're those people. Um, so we cover the, the full spectrum of the employee life cycle from hire to retire for small and mid-sized companies um, located nationwide. Nationwide. Okay, great. Um, so there's lots of different things we could be talking to you about because there's a lot of different HR things that have popped up during the pandemic. Um, but one of the big things right now, and, and definitely with Roe v. Wade and stuff too, is, is all of these conversations. Um, it's, it's gone from a lot of like what's on Netflix to, <laughs> to conversations at work that really you can't avoid them that have to do with all of these social issues that we're going through right now. And some of them are really hot button issues or people have very strong opinions there's issues where people are you know having damaged members of their uh, relationships with members of their families and friends and so how do you deal with these things at work is it that that line between work and home has definitely been blurred in the past few years even more than ever before so how does a company deal with with these kind of issues when when, when employees are talking about these things I guess you, you we'll start with you've gotten a lot of questions lately on this. I have. I think I think the big one is, um, well, it's probably two part. What should I do about this and what can I do about this? Um, because a lot of business owners are, are kind of left thinking, is this OK? Should we be you know, having these discussions? How do I handle it? Um, because I, I think most of us want to do the right thing intentionally, and sometimes we're, we're left not knowing what that is. Um, and I, I will date myself here and talk about that um, water cooler that we used to have way back when. Um, and, and really, I could say five years ago, but you know, it used to be that we sat around the office water cooler and we shared our, our personal events and, and life achievements um, our opinions on, on, you know, political races and so forth. And that was kind of done in, in, in quiet, in the dark at, at the water cooler. Um, so these conversations have likely always been happening, but with that, you know, integration, I like to call it, not work-life balance, but that work-life integration, you're absolutely right. The lines are blurred. So people are no longer I like to say, you know, leaving it at the door when it, they're, they're blending work and life. And now the water cooler can be anywhere. It's basically anywhere your employees are coming to gather. And whether that's in person, on the shop floor, um, in the warehouse, in the, in the, you know, the rented office space, 
or virtually. I mean, these conversations are happening wherever there's a collected group of people together. And you're right, I think talking about your favorite show on Netflix would be ideal. Uh, but it's definitely more complex today. And, you know, we're talking about social issues like uh, controversial elections and uh, the pandemic, um, vaccines. Uh, I'm, I'm thinking about the last three years and, and we went, you know, we're still talking about civil rights and equality, um, climate change, school violence, gun control. I mean, these, and you mentioned Roe v. Wade. These topics are increasingly becoming more and more commonplace for your employees. And I've really been telling everyone, and I, I would probably even close with this, is the most important thing I could say is, if this topic is important to your staff, then it should be important to your business. And, and so when, when I have businesses call and say, should I be addressing this? What can I do? You know, should I silence this? How do I respond? Um, I always say, if it's important to your people, it's important to you, or at least it should be. So keeping that in mind and how you approach these conversations, I think is really, really important. So do you have like ground rules for people? Like, is it good for an employee to be like, okay, or an employer to say, okay, like these things are going to come up. We're going to talk about these things. People, this is a heat. These are heated issues. Um, how do you, how do you kind of set some, some, I guess, a little bit of boundaries where people can express themselves, but you don't get into <laughs> fist fights, you know? Sure, sure. Um, we certainly would want to encourage, uh, that that's definitely not healthy debate, but I, I think it's, you know, we could call it, or I'll call it the elephant in the boardroom, right? So, um, you know, when, when businesses call and, and they're saying, you know, these conversations are happening in our workplace community. I mean, it's inevitable that it's going to happen. The conversations can be meaningful um, and they can be respectful if you manage them correctly. So, you know, giving um, a business owner the, the right way to respond to a particular topic is somewhat difficult, right? Because you can uh, to, as a business, take a very firm position on how you feel about something, or maybe you you want to remain neutral on a topic. Uh, but even when you remain neutral on a particular topic that your staff is in, uh, engaging in conversation about, you're not going to align with the majority of your staff. And, and that's a culture risk, right? It's a legal risk. Sometimes it's also a, a, a bigger cultural implication because when you are thinking about um, how you feel personally, how your business should feel about this, and how does my, my staff feel about this, it's a difficult position to be in. Um, you, you have to adapt your policies, your employment policies around these things. Uh, I always say flexibility is the key, but I think the right forum when you talk about setting boundaries is maybe there are no boundaries, but you're creating a safe space for these conversations. Um, and safe spaces are, are necessary because you, you can't ignore these issues. That's not healthy. It's not an appropriate response. You're not going to inspire confidence um, from, your from your employees when you are ignoring an issue. Um, you also have to be careful about, I always tell people there are legal risks associated with suppressing and silencing these discussions. So that you have to be mindful of that. But I think if you can create this safe space where employees feel that, that 
they have a sense of belonging, that it is safe for them to bring their authentic whole selves to work and to be able to share their perspective and opinions in a respectful way and manner, that's more important than figuring out which side of the fence you wanna, you wanna take a position on. It's establishing this safe space. And maybe that's a, you know, we're gonna get together today and, and we're going to talk about X topic or during your next team huddle, which is what I did. Hey, um, let's address the elephant in the room. The news we got this week was really, really tough for some of us to absorb. And I, I'll just share a personal story with you. The day of the Uvalde school shooting, that was a difficult day for me. Um, and we had a team hall meeting that day and I just expressed those words exactly. And I shared with my team, you know, today it's okay not to be okay. And if you need time to process how you're feeling about this, or if you wanna talk about it, We'll hop on a huddle today and we'll talk about that. If that leads to dialogue about, you know, gun control and, and, and school violence and, and bullying, um, as long as it's healthy, we should encourage it. Um, and, and I think that was very impactful for my own team to see that I was, I was humbled enough to share and open enough and transparent enough to share that I didn't have the right words and I'm not quite sure how I feel about some of these things, but I want you to know I'm not okay today. And I think that that was really important kind of setting the tone for your employees. So what about with people at work? Um, are there any issues with, you know, people decorate their cubes and stuff, their cubicles? Like, are there certain, you have to be careful with free speech. So like if somebody puts up a Confederate flag or something or something, you know, like what kind of, how do you how do you deal with those kinds of things or can people get political in their cubicles yeah so we can't in particular in louisiana we can't suppress political uh views and and uh how you're going to vote if you will but you can set the right tone um and rules and regulations for your particular business and the culture and you should set those expectations uh during the interview process and if, if you feel overwhelmingly that you, your business supports this initiative and you, your business uh, wants to employ other people with similar values and morals and ethics, you start setting that tone during the interview process and you're hiring people who do agree to some, to some uh, degree with, your, uh, with your, your culture tone that you're setting. And I say to some degree because when we have safe spaces where employees can express their opinions and views on some of these topics, it does create, uh, uh, you're, you're practicing this safe dialogue and you're getting more diverse perspectives. So I'm certainly not advocating for you to only hire people who just agree with you on this particular issue, but it, it is helpful when you are employing a like-minded staff and more helpful if you're creating those spaces for others to share personal experiences and stories and how they relate. And I, the, maybe the last thing I'll say about safe spaces or, or add to that is you, um, you shouldn't enter into those spaces uh, blindly. You know, a lot of our, our leaders and our management teams, they're put in place to lead these sessions, if you will, and oversee these discussions. 
and they haven't been properly um, um, trained for those types of conversations. And I, I think arming your frontline leadership and supervision uh, with how you want them to respond, um, what's appropriate dialogue, what boundaries your, your organization might set. Arming them is, is definitely one of the first things you should do before you just create and open up that dialogue. So if you haven't done that from the beginning and you have a, a company where there's going to be all sorts of different viewpoints and some of them that don't match up with the ownership or the hierarchy, how, I guess, how do you ensure that people, or do you, I guess, want to ensure that people feel comfortable sharing those, those, because if you're coming out, you're talking about something that is a really hot touch, you know, issue. And then you know that your boss feels exactly the opposite. You know, how likely are you to actually say anything? Sure. And if your company was to come out very strongly and take a stand on something that a lot of the employees don't agree with, don't you risk losing people? You do. You absolutely do. And and that that is one of the risks, right? It, it goes back to either not taking a position or taking a position. Either one of those carries a, a set of risk with uh, you, uh, whether it's staff fallout, staff morale, I mean, that could, you know, you could consider that you take one position and the majority of your employees align with that and you have one or two that, that do not, the healthier perspective to that is by leadership saying, it's okay for you to disagree with me on this. And I'd love to know more about your opinion. It's not to say, I want to hear from you so you can help me change my mind, but I respect you as a leader. I respect you as an employee here. I respect you as a person. I'd love to know more about why you feel that way. If you're comfortable doing so, of course. It starts with transparency and open dialogue from the beginning. So if you haven't had a culture like that, um, you know, we're, we're always telling employees today, you know, we, we want the whole person to show up at work. We don't want them to leave anything at home. For people to feel like they belong and they're valued, they, they want to be authentic at work. So if you, if you haven't created that type of environment yet, but you want to move there, that doesn't happen overnight. So if you've never been transparent and open about your personal beliefs and views or how you feel that your business should respond to things, um, you definitely don't want to rip the Band-Aid and just come out the next day. There's some soft steps that need to happen for you to start engaging in that dialogue to earn the trust of your staff. Um, if you suddenly overnight say, well, our business believes in this and this is the way forward and this is going to be our messaging, you, you run the risk of some employees being very, very nervous about whether, not just whether they're aligned with that, but whether it's okay for them to come forward and tell you that they may not be aligned with that. So there has to be mutual trust. There has to be ongoing dialogue and transparency. It's really important. And then you, you had said at the beginning that it's important for companies to take a stand. Um, how does that work? Because if you're, so there's there's challenges and, and pitfalls involved with that too. Um, uh, for a more somewhat recent example, we had some, some higher ups at Rouse's that were involved um, with something that was very controversial and then that kind of came back to bite them. Um, so how how do you do that as a company? How do you take those kind of stands? Do you stay with things that are like, 
you know, uh, like everybody thinks that, you know, kids should be safe at school. But then when you get into the, you know, more details of it, then yeah, it gets a little, do you take kind of more broader stands like that? Or how do you, how do you navigate that? Yeah, um, it's very unique to each individual business. And I think it depends on where they are in their business life cycle, right? Um, I would always encourage to, to whether or not you want to take a position or whether or not you want to remain neutral, sometimes you may not have the words yet to describe how you're feeling. And it's okay to even express that, to say, you know, folks, I'm not quite sure where our business stands on this. We've heard from this group of individuals who may be for gun control. We've heard from this group of individuals um, who, who are not uh, for the gun control. And we wanna be respectful of everyone's opinions and we're not quite sure where we land on this issue yet, but we're gonna continue to have helpful, constructive dialogue with one another and be respectful. And if you cross that line, then we'll have to take firm action on it. And that's kind of goes back into some of those uh, employment policies that I referenced. You know, now is the time to be a little bit more flexible, but ensuring that if you're going to open up this dialogue, setting the boundaries of, okay, if we're going to open up the dialogue and have discussion on gun control, if I feel that it's getting to this point, or if we're no longer being respectful, if we're no longer using active listening skills and we're not showing empathy to one another, um, then we're going to cut the dialogue off and we're going to take proactive measures. You referenced earlier someone having a Confederate flag in their cubicle, right? I think from day one, you set the tone and the expectations for your work environment. And if showing that Confederate flag is offensive to others in the workplace, and, and you see that even without them having to come forward to you and saying, I find this offensive and harassing, you know, I, I, I would like to file a grievance with you. As a leader and a business owner, you should see that before your staff does. And you're setting the tone early on. So that's not even a question of whether or not it's, it's acceptable to put in your cubicle or not. It is should never even be on the table. But once it is, then you have an obligation to your customers and most importantly to your staff to make sure that you are removing anything that could be considered um, offensive or, or harassing uh, to, to anyone on your staff. Even, you know, outside of just, obviously that's a, a, a pretty hard, you know, I have a Confederate flag in my cubicle, but it could be, you know, we got calls where we had employees showing up with, um, you know, make America great ball caps. Uh, and we, you know, whether it's let's, let's pass a policy that says no ball caps in the workshop, that kind of takes care of that, but do they show up with the same t-shirt? Right. Um, so maybe we just need to have some dialogue of, uh, about that topic. And what are we trying to prove here? And what are we trying to disprove here? And if this is offensive to some groups, then it shouldn't be, it shouldn't be acceptable or, or you shouldn't tolerate it as a business owner. What about social media? So that you can run into some issues with that too, that if somebody is, maybe they don't talk about things at work, but on their social media, they are extremely vocal and maybe they're a higher up person in a company and that can cause issues. So how, how do you handle that? I would say if it's disrupting your business and causing you to lose business or customers, then it's necessary to have dialogue about that particular post. 
Um, it, it, you have that gray area, right, with free speech. And, and this is my own uh, personal social media account. And I, I don't reference the company at all. However, um, everyone knows that you're the vice president of sales at this particular company. And what you're saying can be construed as the company's position on this particular topic. So if it is interfering with your business operations or has the ability or has caused a loss in business or services or, or even morale um, and, and turnover, then it warrants further dialogue. You, you cannot avoid and ignore those types of things. What you do with the outcome, that, that's at the risk of sounding like in your employment counsel, that depends, right? But certainly, I, I wouldn't advocate for burying your head in the sand if, you, if you're alerted to a post like that. Awesome. I really appreciate it. You are, you've been a kind of a go-to for us as far as HR-related issues, and there's a lot of things just popping up every day with the way that we've changed, the way that we've changed our, our lives and all the things that are coming up and the way that we've changed our workplaces. Um, and I really appreciate it. Thank you so yeah. much. Thanks for having me, Kim. And I, I, I think I said it at the beginning, if it's important to your staff and it should be important to your business, and it's, it's definitely time to create the safe space, um, remind your employees that it's really important to look out for everyone's physical and emotional well-being and just continue to be patient and kind with one another. That's all we can ask. Absolutely. Well, thank you so much. And everybody out there, the August issue of Biz New Orleans is out and about on stands and online. Um, this is kind of a, a tech focused issue. So our big features are um, our cover feature is a Q&A with Dr. Calvin Mackey, and he's talking about what he's doing with STEM NOLA and expanding that. And, and then our secondary is if you want to get into one of those good paying jobs into the tech industry, um, all the different educational options um, that are out there that are some of them a lot cheaper and a lot a lot cheaper and easier than you'd think to get into a new career. Um, so look for that out on the stands and out online at bizneworleans.com. And thanks so much for listening. Thanks for listening to another episode of Biz Talks. If you like what you hear each week, don't forget to rate us and leave a comment wherever you listen to your podcasts. And follow us on social media at bizneworleans. For more information or to contact us, please visit bizneworleans.com slash biztalks.